Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Stephen Hewson. In the program this week, the Levin shooter Ryan Taylor talks of the vindication he feels after successfully appealing his omission from the London Olympics team. We hear from the newbie of the very experienced New Zealand equestrian team named for London this week. The Trans-Tasman netball competition is down to the final four. We talk to the only New Zealand golfer who will contest this year's Open. And we hear about the ever-increasing use of sports psychology in rugby. The Levin shooter Ryan Taylor has successfully appealed his omission from the New Zealand Olympic team and is now set to compete at the London Games. Taylor lodged the appeal with the sports tribunal after women's trap shooter Natalie Rooney was initially allocated New Zealand's quota spot. Taylor claimed New Zealand shooting hadn't supplied correct information about his performances to the New Zealand Olympic Committee and that the national body's judgment that he couldn't finish in the top 16 was wrong. Taylor's place at the game still depends on the official reallocation of the quota spot to his event, the 50-metre prone rifle. He spoke to Richard Wayne about his successful appeal. Both disindicated and relieved, really. It's just been such a long process, and it's been drawn out, and it's sort of the last minute everything's sort of been finalised, really, and I hadn't had the chance to sort of sit down and sort of think of what's happened. I guess you must be feeling something for Natalie Rooney as well, having the place that she'd apparently had allocated to her, you know, snatched away from her here as well. Yeah, it's um, unfortunately she was put in that position. It was bad on everyone, really. It was not a good situation for anyone. What's your feelings towards the NZ Shooting Federation? I mean, they subsequently admitted after you set your appeal in train, I understand, that they may have not exactly, as you said, not provided all the details. A little bit of incompetence at the top level there, wasn't it? Oh, exactly. Um, when we didn't know what was happening, all I heard is my nomination got turned down, and I couldn't figure out why, because I met every criteria that was set in front of me, and it wasn't till Miss Rooney got accepted, and we didn't, we had no knowledge of, it was like, what's going on? And then once we got all the correspondence given to us, I just knew straight away what had happened, and all the scores and that, that were given to them were all incorrect. Pretty much had to get to the lawyer pretty quick, smart, to um, see what I could do. How did that happen? I mean, how did that happen? How did they get that so wrong? Oh, it shouldn't have happened. Um, he should have like, run up the scores, and before he sent them, he should have confirmed it with Target Shooting New Zealand to make sure the information was correct that he was given. It's an easy process gone wrong, really. And the NZOC backed you up. They, they looked at your case, and they said they fully supported it, and, of course, you've been vindicated here. Yeah, exactly. Credit to um, NZOC for looking at my appeal to start with. And, and I think then heaps for correcting the wrong, really. Well, I hope this hasn't, you know, affected your build-up. I imagine you've been training just the same as if you were going in preparation. Yeah, it's, um, the last couple of weeks have been pretty hard because just trying to sort things out with lawyers and whatnot and trying to give them as much information as I can. And sort of at nights you're sort of trying to get to sleep and you've got things going on in your head to try and sort all this out and it's sort of affecting you 
your normal training and what you got to do and that sort of thing. So it's been pretty um, awkward. Yeah, and I suppose with a, a sport like yours where concentration and, and stillness and everything must be so important to have those things at the back of your mind wouldn't have been helping. Oh, exactly. Uh, you know, it's mental, pretty much 80% mental, 20% physical. It's a mental sport and your mind's got to be clear and it sort of hasn't been very clear for the last couple of weeks anyway. But I guess you're clear now. You can you know, approach your final preparations with you know complete peace of mind now oh exactly yeah i can I can relax now and just concentrate on what i'm doing put everything that's happened behind me and carry on do you think it might actually help you know having turned this corner on the uh, off field side of things the off shooting range side of things shall we say to now be able to fully concentrate on this do you think perhaps your preparations are going to go up a notch oh exactly yeah it gives me um something to strive for and gives me that little bit of edge to push ahead and um prove myself really <laughs> prove to you and I know what I can do. What do you reckon your chances are? How, how tough is the competition? I guess it is the Olympics, of course, it's as tough as it gets. Oh, exactly, as tough as it gets. And um, anyone, and luckily in my sports, uh, anyone can win. So it's anyone on the day really can win. So uh, looking forward to it and um, can't wait to get my teeth into it, really. That's Levin shooter Ryan Taylor talking to Richard Wayne. Janelle Richards was just three years old when veteran New Zealand equestrian rider Mark Todd won his first Olympic medal in Los Angeles in 1984. Become this year's London Games, she'll be riding alongside Todd, having been selected to compete in her first Olympics this week. Mark Todd and Andrew Nicholson will be attending their seventh Olympics, but Richards has benefited from the misfortune of Clark Johnston, whose mount failed a late veterinary test. Richards, Todd and Nicholson are joined in the team by Caroline Powell and Jonathan Paget. Janelle Richards told Bridget Mel she's still finding it hard to believe she's off to London. I'm still sort of sinking in, really. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I thought I had a chance, but you never know until they, they make the call. And, um, you know, there's been a few surprises with other nations and things, so... Um, you just certainly don't count your chickens. And um, But, yeah, it was very good news to receive. Now, your uh, horse, Flintstar, the name of your horse? Yep. How's training going with, with Flintstar? It's going really well. He's um, he, he looks a million dollars this year. Um, he's going better than ever. Um, he, we've had a really good preparation. We've had a good, um, you know, six months leading up to now. So I'm really confident that um, we can go and do a good job. And uh, you're based over in the UK yourself at the moment, or where have you been doing your training? We live over here in the UK. We've been over here for about seven years now. You know, we moved over sort of expressly to pursue this, you know, at, at the top level and and be amongst, you know, the world's best. So it's, uh, yeah, paying dividends. Well, I guess if you're there sort of, I guess, quite close to the action in London, does that make life a little easier for you to be in, I guess, in the right country where the Olympics is? I don't think that really matters so much. It's definitely going to be, um, you know, you take out a few of the concerns of travel and, you know, acclimatisation with the heat and things like that. We don't have any of those worries. Um, but, you know, we've been living here for a while now and, and competing alongside these guys day in, day out. So um, it's just kind of work as normal, really. And you've had a good look at the course itself. Did you? What do you think of it? Um, well, we went to the test event, which was July last year. Obviously, no one has seen the track for this year, and we won't see that until we get there. Um, but we've got a fair idea what to expect with the, the terrain and things. And, um, you know, I'm confident my particular horse is, is right up there for the job. It's, it's very twisty, very hilly. Um, and my horse is a New Zealand thoroughbred, so he's quite small and 
and very nimble, very athletic. Um, so, you know, I'm pretty happy to be sitting on him come cross-country day. Who are you kind of picking as your biggest competition or the hardest riders to beat? Um, obviously the Brits the Brits and the Germans are, are probably the, the ones to beat. They're very strong individually and, and as a team. But, you know, I think we are too. We've got, you know, Mark and Andrew and, and Jock um, and Caroline could all, if things go right, be individual chances. Um, so you, we just need a few things to go our way on the day and, you know, I think we're right up there in the mix. Does it does it help being, I guess, the, the newbie in the team, does it help having that kind of experience around you? Absolutely. Um, Mark and Andrew, yeah, I mean, I think it's their seventh Olympics. So um, they absolutely know what to expect and, you know, their experience and knowledge, you know, of 30 years in, in the game at the very highest level is invaluable. Um, and they're both brilliant guys. They've been very good to me personally over the years. So it's it's really exciting to be a part of. Yeah, I was going to say it's a bit of a fickle sport. You're not relying on a bat or a ball or something fairly straightforward. Oh, you are relying, no. relying on an animal. No. I mean, how do you keep those sorts of well possible disruptions and and, and um, distractions in check? Well, you know, there's only so much you can do. Do you know what I mean? Life, it's got to you know, training's got to go on as per normal. So you know, come come match day, we are ready. So you can't go and wrap them up in cotton wool. Do you know what I mean? You've you've got to crack on and work and train and compete. Um, you know, and we, we're all riding other horses as well. You know, we have, um, personally, my partner and I, we have about 30 horses at home. So, you know, you've still got to carry on as per normal. And, um, you know, just make sure you're, you're comprehensive in your training program and, and management at home and your feeding and, you know, the daily care of the horse. And, um, and then, yeah, like I said, just hope that things go your way a little bit. That's Janelle Richards talking to Bridget Mills. You're listening to Extra Time, a web-only sports programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Stephen Hewson. Netball's Trans-Tasman competition has reached the playoff stage with two New Zealand and two Australian teams in contention for the title. The major semi-final features the Melbourne Vixens against the Northern Mystics with the winner advancing straight to the final while the loser will play the winner of the minor semi-final between the Waikato Bay of Plenty Magic and the Adelaide Thunderbirds. That game's in Tauranga on Monday night. I spoke to Central Pulse coach Robin Broughton, who's had the chance to weigh up the chances of all four sides over the season. The Mystics should be, if they're on their game, there's no reason why they shouldn't win this one. Um, unfortunately, they have to play over there, and um, playing in front of the Aussie crowd, especially that Spixen's crowd, they're very, very parochial, and they get good loud, you know, good full houses for their games. But I don't think they're as strong in the attack end. The shooter and goal attack, I think, um, could be a weak link, really, and I think we've got the, the defence and the Mystics team to get on top of them. The fact that the Mystics beat them in Melbourne previously is, would be a, a confidence yeah. boost. It is. It's a bonus, and, and they should they should work on that, really, and use it as a mental um, stimulation. And... and um, just remember that these teams can pick up in the finals. That's, that's the whole thing about the teams. I think the Vixens have come back up the last few games they've played. Um, I thought their midcourt was very strong when we played them, so that's, that's a strength. Um, but I also think that the, that the um, Mystics have got the depth to do it and they've got the bench to do it. You raised the point there. I've I, I just wondered whether you'd noticed whether either of those two teams were 
starting to fade at all during the, the round robin? I thought the Vixens came on a bit, whereas I thought the Mystics went off a wee bit. And, um, as, as you know, the, the Swift gave them a good hurry up, and that, that was good for them. That narrow wind's maybe yes. given them a bit of a kick at the right time, you feel? Yep, yep, I do. And they're good enough and enough experience there to take heed of it. The magic against the, the Adelaide Thunderbirds, I mean, the, the fact that the, the magic have come back from that, that horror start says a fair bit about them, doesn't it? It does, and um, I think they're playing very good netball, um, probably their best that I've seen them play, and I think this is probably the year they can do it. Um, they certainly had a good game against the Thunderbirds last time, and I don't think the Thunderbirds play as well away from home. Um, and I also don't know if their, their um, defence is strong enough, um, especially against Irene at the back. The impact of that start, it, now that they've got to the playoffs, do you think it might actually stand them in very good stead? Oh, gosh, yes. I think that their mental um, approach now and they're, um, they're all fully fit and they're, they're pleased with themselves. And, um, that's, always a good, that's always a good sign. And, you know, I think it's... I can honestly say that I think it's... New Zealand's turn to win this ANZ and um, I think we've got the teams to do it this year so I'm going for both of them. An all New Zealand final? Yep, <laughs> be good. <laughs> well it would certainly change things, things around wouldn't it? Yes it would and I think we need it um, and I think we need it from the point of view you know having lost in fever by two over in Australia I think it will give a, a, everyone a boost to think well we were in the finals. We we can do it. So you think it's going to provide a, a maybe a much needed boost or psychological boost for New Zealand's netball? Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, you know, you can use it as as well. We can do it too, type thing. Um, I think mentally and emotionally, it's something we need. The, well, the New Zealand teams have managed to actually chalk up a few more wins in Australia this year, haven't haven't they? Yes. yes. So I think the gap is listening. Um, I still think there's a big difference in umpiring from one place to the other. Um, I mean, they experience it here. We experience it there, and I think that that will start to um, come, come, you know, be a bit better, be a bit more positive on both sides. And I also think in the in the semis there is one Australian, one um, Kiwi um, umpire, which helps a lot. And just on your own future, Robin, you you enjoyed the season at the Pulse. I did, I did, I did very much. I think it was a good change for me and um, I enjoyed the girls and the structures around me up there um, and certainly I felt very pleased for the attitude and, um, the, the, you know, the, just the few changes that happened and they had a few more wins and things like that, which was very gratifying. Did it turn out better than you may have hoped y- yourself? Because no doubt you had a few reservations coming up after such a, a lengthy period d- down south. It would have been a whole new environment for you and a new challenge? Oh, it was a new challenge for me and I don't think that's hurt at all. Um, I think it took my coaching. I had to adapt a bit more. I had to think of new things to do and go back to good old basic skill stuff and it was good. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I was disappointed that last game. I, I think that was my most disappointing game. We lost four or five games by under four, three, four games, I can't remember. That last one I felt was ours, we'd led all the way through. So there is still that hard-nosed edge at the end that um, we need to conquer, really, to to deserve a place up further. And are you going to be back in 2013? Yeah, it's looking like it. I'm pretty keen to do it again, and I've certainly been well encouraged. I'm just This is the first time I've been home for the season, so I'm just going to have a sit back and think about it all.
I was talking to Central Pulse netball coach Robin Broughton. A New Zealand golfer will compete at the Open Championship in Britain for the first time in three years. Hamilton's Steve Alkers won the qualifying tournament in West Lancashire to qualify for the oldest tournament in golf. The event will be played at the Royal Lytham and St Anne's course where fellow New Zealander Bob Charles won his only major title in 1963. Alkers has been playing on the second tier tour on the USPGA where his best finish has been a tie for fourth this year. Wellingtonians Mark Brown and Michael Campbell were also playing the West Lancashire qualifying tournament but failed to get through. Alkers played the Open twice before, the last time in 2007. He told Ben Robinson his initial goal is to make the cut. Playing four days would be, be a, a good start. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a pretty full week and it's a good piece of golf. Um, you know it's going to be a strong course and conditions as well uh, are normally quite testing. So yeah, it's just a matter of uh, probably being a little more patient and um, you know, fit on the games in pretty good shape. So no reason why um, you know, we can't play four days and, and have a chance to, to, to have a good tournament. Yeah, perhaps we could just talk about your form. You've been playing on the, the nationwide tour of late. How have you been enjoying that? I had a pretty solid start um, this year. I've, um, I've had a, uh, a top five and another couple of top 20. So it's just a matter of um, you know being, uh, being a little more patient with my game, to be honest. I think it's, it's made the difference to my start this year and um, feeling the game's coming around and, and starting to put some scores on the board. So it's been pleasing and... Um, I think, I think the biggest difference is just you know, holding a few more putts and, and being a bit more patient with, with the game. How did you manage to go from the nationwide tour to, to playing in the Open? I was coming over here anyway. We were coming over here to um, with some um, family um, and I had to uh, uh, do some business um, stuff as well. So it was a combination of, of the both and um, just so happened with the dates, uh, the qualifying dates worked out well, so um, I, I miss another tournament on the nationwide tour, but um, that's, that's not a bad thing as I, I get to play in the Open, so it's worked out quite well. There's four um, local final qualifying spots um, um, in the area and uh, 72 players at each course and uh, only three spots at each course, so I was fortunate enough to, uh, to get one of, one of three places. But now it's at Lytham this year. Have you played that course before? I haven't, no. Um, I've been uh, studied the course a little bit uh, online. Um, I've, I've been talking to some people about it. There's been a few changes, a few extra bunkers and things. So, you know, I'll go up early enough to, to get a good look at it and um, get a couple of rounds in and, um, and get a feel for the place. But, again, it's Lynx Golf and, um, you know, the course is going to be reasonably flat, but, you know, the wind's going to be a factor and um, obviously the, the golf course is normally set up pretty strong for Open Championship. Do you like Lynx golf? I, I do, yes. You know, I think that uh, that's a big part of it really is actually enjoying the conditions you're playing. Um, you know, it's not very often you get a, a decent calm day uh, on, on, the, on, on Lynx golf and um, I, I just enjoy the, um, you know, the, the different surroundings, you know, um, totally different to American courses and just uh, playing the ball on the ground a bit more, and you know, it's, it's a, lot, a lot more bounce. Um, you get the wind as well, so you got to control the ball flight. So there's a lot of factors come into the playing links golf, which is uh, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, you mentioned the conditions. I remember last year's British Open, and it it rained cats and dogs right throughout. I think the second and, and third day. How do you think you might cope with that? Yeah, well, 
again, you know, it's just a, just um, toughing it out and, and accepting the conditions and, and getting on with it. Um, uh, weather-wise, um, in a couple of weeks, you know, it's been a bit iffy. The conditions here in the UK haven't been great. Um, for the last few weeks, a lot of rain. Uh, looks like it's going to continue for a little bit. So, um, yeah, you're never quite sure what, what you're going to get at an Open Championship. I've played in two, and I've played in some nasty weather. I've played some beautiful weather as well. So, um, just a matter of uh, taking what you get and, and kind of working with it. Have you got any more matches before the Open? Any chance to warm up? No, I haven't. Uh, I'm just going to get out to the coast and, and play a little bit of Lynx golf uh, the next couple of weeks in preparation and um, really just kind of work hard on the short game and, and work on uh, work on ball flight. You know, you're going to get some uh, pretty tricky conditions, definitely some wind during the four days, so just a matter of controlling the ball. That was Hamilton golfer Steve Alka, who will be playing the Open this year, and he was talking to Ben Robinson. It's traditionally seen as a game of speed and strength and physical skill, but increasingly rugby's becoming a game of the mind. Nicola Grigg investigates the growing use of sports psychology and mental skills coaching in the game. The all-black mental skills coach Gilbert Anoka says optimising athletic performance is as much about psychology as it is biology. It's about understanding how the brain works under pressure. So what we have to do is we have to expose people to techniques so that their brain stays switched on for want of another term so they can take in the information that um, exists. With the Super Rugby playoff still just within his grasp, the Crusaders head coach Todd Blackadder says mental skills training at this stage of the tournament is all about empowering players to cope with pressure situations. There's nothing comfortable about high-performance rugby. It's physical, it's brutal, um, the ball's not round, it can bounce anyway. People can miss tackles, they can make tackles. But what you've really got to do is you've got to train, you've got to normalise those things and then trust your players to make really good decisions. Guys won't make really good decisions unless they've um, learned and experienced them, so it becomes actually absolutely a normal event. Todd Blackadder says all theoretical learning from classroom sessions has to be useful on the field. Above all, though, he says his team must be connected, using a technique known as present moment awareness. The best way to connect is for everyone to come in and say two simple words. Right, I need you to be really present and focused. You know, what that does is that they hear you say that, so they must bring their presence, so they must be in the moment, and they must be truly focused on what you're about to say. And the only way you really, truly connect with people is you look them in the eye. Widely regarded as one of the coolest heads in the business, the all-black captain Richie McCall says visualisation's been the key to some of his greatest triumphs, including the World Cup Championship. I certainly know that when the pressure really came on, compared to four years before, I was calm and I expected to be standing in that situation. Four years earlier, I probably didn't expect to be in a hole like we were and I didn't have the answers, whereas this time I was expecting to be there and I was like, bring it on type thing. He believes the game's evolved to the point where there's little difference in the physicality and skill level of international players, leaving the level of mental toughness of one team over another as the margin of difference. But how does a captain manage the raw emotion of 14 other men in a situation like last year's Rugby World Cup final? He says for him as a leader, he had to have already pictured himself in that situation. What am I going to say to the boys? How am I going to say it? You know, how am I going to look? You know, being calm and in control. And so the fact that I'd actually thought about it made it, uh, I felt calmer. So I was 
saying the right things, I was looking at the right things, I was seeing the pictures, because I think that's what happens when you get under pressure, you, you stop seeing. I think if I hadn't have gone through that, I would have been, uh, yeah, I don't know what would have happened. Both McCaw and Blackadder agree that professional rugby's only just beginning to understand and embrace the power of mental skills coaching. Nicola Grigg with that report. And that brings us to the end of Extra Time for another week. If you wish to contact us, you can email us at sport at radionz.co.nz. I'm Stephen Hewson. Bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.